0: In 1987, we were treated to a great science action film directed by John McTiernan. An elite paramilitary rescue team was sent on a mission to save hostages in a guerrilla held territory in Central America rainforest. We soon find out nothing was as it seemed. Today's podcast, we're talking about the first of a franchise of films in Predator, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. So stick around and listen to the podcast, and when it's all over, We'll get to the chopper. Hey, everybody, this is Chris reminding you to follow us everywhere where you get your favorite podcast. at. We are on iHeartRadio. We are at Amazon Music, Google Music. We are at anger.fm, which we're hosted. Most of all, we are on iTunes and Spotify. Please make sure when you listen to us on iTunes and Spotify to give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. It does help a lot in the ratings and it's very much appreciated. I've also been asked, hey, how can I help support the show? Well, there's two different ways you can do that. Actually, three. The first two ways are we have on the Anchor.fm site that we're hosted on a button that says Support Podcast. You can there press that button and donate any number of money that you like whether it be a dollar two dollars ten dollars whatever you feel like doing i've also signed up for buy me a coffee if you go to the instagram page for retro life for you there is a link there in the profile where you can buy me a virtual coffee and it's you supporting the podcast and helping us keeping things going the third and most important way though is word of mouth and telling your friends and family about the show and sharing this with everybody that is a huge help all on its own Everything you do is appreciated, and it will help the podcast go a long, long way. Thanks for being our listeners and supporters. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, Retro Life for You. My name is Chris Adams, host of the podcast, and with me today is Mr. Tim. Tim, how's your New Year going, man?
1: Uh, it's going pretty good so far. I mean, uh, life is life, and things are happening, and... Uh... Just trying to keep up.
0: <laughs> life, I've heard, is like a box of chocolates.
1: That's what Forrest Gump told us. That's and uh, what... he was right. You never know what you're going to get.
0: That's right. And I don't know whether I like him for that or not. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> like you said, life is real. Life is going and it's happening as we speak. Right, right. But but to make up for that, though, we had picked a good movie to talk about this time.
1: Oh, yeah. What a way to kick off the new year with the good Schwarzenegger movie.
0: Uh, yes, right. Predator. I mean, I I was looking for it earlier and I was just typing in uh, the Predator, mm-hmm. the Predator, and I'm like, why is it not bringing up what I want? <laughs> and apparently, be careful how you're typing, because the Predator is not the movie from 1987. It's just Predator. Correct. And then if you mess up and type in Predators, <laughs> you're going to get the one where they're sent to the planet.
1: Yeah, yeah. To, uh,
0: where they're being hunted by the Predators there so live and learn, just so everybody knows, but uh, Predator from 1987, Uh, this is one of my favorite, if not the absolute favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that he's done, and I like quite a bunch of them, True Lies I love, Total Recall was good, Uh, Eraser was good, Commando was probably, oh man, I forgot Commando, wow, (laughs) Commando and Predator, man, they're like, Oh, I don't know.
1: It's like see, Yeah, see, I like Commando, but I I'm a softie for the Running Man. I love the Running Man. That's that's the But you know, I was going to say like and when it comes to 80s, I think it's Running Man, Predator are, you know, pretty close in in close in there. Terminator is good, but I just I don't have the love for Terminator that other people do. I think it's I think it's good, but I don't think right. that, you know you st- Schwarzenegger was still trying to figure out who he was. He didn't have much screen time. He was kind of he's barely in the movie, really. But uh right. but you said true lies. I think true lies may be my my all-time favorite Schwarzenegger movie. I Man, love And lies. I do love
0: Terminator as well, like you said. Yeah. Terminator, Terminator 2, Terminator yeah. Three. I mean, it's just that like you mentioned, he was still trying to think to figure it himself out in mm-hmm. the original Terminator as good as it was. Yeah. Um, I'm also more of a fan of the, you know, the good guy of the movie and everything. Usually mm-hmm. and Schwarzenegger was not the good guy of right. Terminator, but to, right. they figured a way to turn that around. Though <laughs> no, they did. They figured out who likes what and they flipped exactly. him around and two. Now he's the good one in that. Right. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, I, I, man, Terminator, how can I forget that one too? <laughs>
1: Don't forget about Conan. Conan the Barbarian.
0: You know, I, I I haven't forgot about Conan, but I am not a huge Conan Mark. Okay, I, yeah. People are gonna look at me and say, "What?" <laughs> uh, of course, my original co-host Travis loves Conan.
1: He yeah, he's so yeah. big
0: on Conan. He's got yeah. like a Conan unopened box, open DVD, the Blu-rays. Got all these different things. I, I believe he's got a Conan sword. Oh if wow! I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he can quote you. No, I believe a major, major quote from Conan, and uh, the Barbarian par- probably could the destroyer too, truth be known. <laughs> so, I mean, everybody's got their thing, right? I mean, we know when comes with Schwarzenegger, a lot of his stuff is quoted quite often. Oh, and yeah. From this, from this movie alone, we get our, our favorite, you know, like stick around mm-hmm. you know, when, he, when he sticks the guy to the tree with the big knife or something. Uh, he's well known for those things. But this movie was, believe it or not, now do you think this movie that year, I don't know if you've looked it up or anything or not today, because usually you'll look some things up before you do these things. And I sometimes do. you don't get around to them. But did you know this movie was not the number one movie that year?
1: It was not. Yeah.
0: And you would think such a big grossing movie as this for Schwarzenegger would be the movie of the year, right? But no, not so much. Do you remember what the movie of the year was that year?
1: Uh, I don't. I didn't look it up, but I, I mean, I just know from when we did the episode that it was not the number one movie of the year.
0: If I'm not mistaken, Beverly Hills Cop Two.
1: That sounds right. That sounds right.
0: The actual movie, you know, this movie itself is not too shabby.
1: No, uh, I don't think it was as big of a hit. I mean, it's more, definitely a a favorite, but I don't think it was quite the box office hit.
0: I don't think it really took off to a VHS.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I don't remember if this was like, oh yeah, it was June, so it was a summer release. So I'm sure it did well, but you know, back then summer stuff just come. Even now, when you know they got new movies coming out every week, so sometimes it has a big, big opening weekend, and then it kind of diminishes as the as the weeks go on with other new releases coming out. So, right. well, I mean, the the, the Hills budget... Cop too was huge, so I can see why that one oh, was. Ones.
0: That was a, the the first movie was huge, and this one was mm-hmm. way expected in a way before by the fans of it, so it, they couldn't wait for that to hit. This was kind of new. What well, not really new for Schwartz? There because he'd done sci fi with Terminator, right? But this is kind of a sci fi kind of feel to it with mm-hmm. you know, the Predator in and hunting them down. And the estimated budget fifteen million dollars. Opening weekend alone, it almost made the budget. It's twelve million. Roughly. Mm -hmm. Uh, The gross worldwide, it grossed $98,268,458. So it didn't do bad.
1: It's not bad at all.
0: But it still was not. After making all that much money, the movie of the year, Beverly (laughs) Hills Cop 2 ended up being with it. Uh, Hour 47 minutes long. Which is, to me, kind of like a nice spot. Hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. Hour and 45 minutes for a movie like this is the perfect length, I think. You get a little bit of a story up front, enough to understand it and like it. And then you get all the action and the fun stuff. Oh, yeah. So And the cast. Can you tell me a better cast of people to have <laughs> as, a, as a group? Uh, they were not mercenaries. They were commandos. just this. Yeah, you know, they, they were commandos that they're there for rescue purposes mostly. Uh, mostly. They don't mm-hmm. do, you know, the infiltrating and kill and, that type of deal, like like some of the others do and everything, but Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now, Carl Weathers was not a part of his group. He was the one that he, he knew as a you know, from before. another mm-hmm. era, other former other colleague, era. yeah, former colleague. Like who's gone to work with the CIA? Bill Duke,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: I think Schwarzenegger likes to work with. He worked with him in Commando as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesse yeah. Vin, Jesse Ventura. He worked, he worked with, with Schwarzenegger him in and Running okay. Man. Yep. Uh, Sunny Landham. Oh yeah uh who played Billy he was R. in
1: wasn't he in commando as well
0: i don't believe he was i, he was, was, trying, in I something was trying to else. think uh, i know he was in 48 hours
1: he was well, that's, that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking of uh sully sully was also the guy who played tough. sully was was also in uh in 48 hours 48 hours that's it, but yes. he worked with that's where i got the that's right okay i got him mixed up there
0: we got Richard Chavez played Pancho. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he played with Arnold in another movie or not, but his remember. character is really smooth though.
1: <laughs> yeah. For a
0: commando type guy, he's the one that we're talking about when Ventura gets hit. He's like, Man, you're bleeding. He goes, I ain't got time to bleed. Mm-hmm. He's like, Yeah, well, and he launches three grenades up on the guy at the top because you know, so, uh, uh, Ventura's like, That guy's dug in like an Alabama tick, right? Right. So, he, he shoots up three grenades at Barry. He goes, well, you got time to move?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom,
0: boom. Uh, R.G. Armstrong was General Phillips. Yep. A lot of people may not know the name R.G. Armstrong, but when you see the man, you can tell right away you've seen him in a lot of stuff.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and he sticks out to me, unless I'm thinking of somebody different, as the guy who was the... Captain to Chuck Norris in Lone Wolf McQuaid of the Texas Rangers. I don't know if that's him or
1: not. Um, I'm kind of looking. I'm trying to look through his his filmography. Let me go back. I didn't go back far enough. Hold on. Well,
0: while you're looking at that, we also had Shane Black playing Hawkins. Yep, yep. And uh, I don't recall Shane Black from most any of the movies. Really? No
1: he he really didn't do that many. He was like he started as a, as an actor, but he was really a screenwriter. So he's he didn't do a whole lot of. Uh, of acting work. That's one of his few, but he also doctored the script as he, while he was there working on the movie. But yes, you were right about, uh, RG Armstrong. He was in Lone Wolf McCrae.
0: Okay. Now he looked like he was. Uh, he just, yeah. that's, a, that, that, that looks kind of unforgettable.
1: He's got that Western kind of look to him.
0: Oh, he did Westerns too. Now I yeah. remember from where well, I remember, the if I'm second, he played a few episodes of Gunsmoke and some mm-hmm. actual movies themselves. Um, Gosh, I, I didn't watch many of the old westerns uh when he was in them, so I can't really tell you a lot of, of what he was right. in, but still Good I just cast so. that face. Yeah. Now the predator himself was played by Kevin Peter Hall. Mm-hmm. He also did Harry and the Henderson's, I think, didn't he? Wasn't he the Bigfoot?
1: I believe he was. That is correct. Yep.
0: I'm I can't swear to this, but I think he was. And do you know a uh, little bit of trivia before we go past this point since we're talking about the predator himself? <laughs> Do you know who the original person played the Predator was?
1: Jean Claude Van Damme.
0: I mean, what's up with that? Can you imagine? They got a fight going on, and all of a sudden, the Predator jumps up and does a split leg <laughs> roundhouse kick.
1: Yeah, the uh, the suit was also a little different. So, like, they were they weren't sure what the Predator was going to be when they first started filming. So they definitely tried a few things. You can find some of those pictures online of uh, Van Damme in the original, quote unquote, original predator suit and and it, yeah they made the right choice <laughs> that's yeah. all i'm going to say <laughs> they, they yeah. changing it up was was much better and uh the and so i guess so originally the predator was supposed to be much more like a hand to hand combat more uh karate whatever martial arts but uh van damme wasn't able to do the moves in the suit as easy right so uh, so yeah he quit
0: I'm glad they did not make it like that. Yeah, because that oh, would not, yeah. That just wouldn't have. I mean, looking back on what we've seen and what we took in with it, that would not have fit at all.
1: No, I think that would have put it in more. It would have felt more like a B movie at that point. I, I mean, it's it's all far fetched anyway. But you get into the it just it would take some of the it, the movie would not be as grounded as it is now because even though it's I mean it's still sci fi, but it feels like it could really happen. Like it feels much more grounded that the predator that we have in this film makes more sense of him being a real predator hunter, not just a fighter or a warrior.
0: Right. And the, the thought behind it, and maybe it maybe doesn't look like the predator does, but the thought behind, right. like you said, something coming from another planet and hunting people for sport on this one, based on what their criteria is could, you know, who knows? We don't know what's out there. It's a huge mm-hmm. universe. Oh Yeah. So, I mean, definitely some believable, uh, some believable stuff there. Mm -hmm. Um, But if they had gone with it and made it like that, uh, I started to say, I I believe you just did a podcast of something from outer space
1: that does kung fu. Only, only it's quack food. It's quack food, and that's Howard the Duck. Yes, (laughs) we just did an episode on Howard the Duck.
0: Dude, I saw your 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 thing for that, and I was, I was was like, man, Flooding to my mind, all these things, all the different <laughs> things. There's so many duck puns in it. Oh yeah! And yeah. I was like, was it quack food or duck food?
1: Yeah,
0: I couldn't remember. And I was it's like, so, I hit, you, so yeah. I hit you up on your pose. I'm like, which is it? Which you know, that's awesome <laughs> stuff. I've not seen that movie since the '80s, I man. I've got to go back and watch that one again eventually. And um, you guys get a chance to check out his podcast on Howard the Duck, please, as do. Well as, as well as the rest of them. Uh, which we have told everybody before, but in case they don't remember, '80s flick flashback. That's right? me. Yep. 80s, you will find him everywhere. You find the podcast at. The man is everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it makes my show look tiny. I mean, he's like he gets like ten thousand per episode, or
1: no, not yet 9,000. <laughs> 9, 9, no. no, no, not yet. No. Appreciate, he's, I, I appreciate. I appreciate more than me. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> the sentiment. Yeah, we'll we'll get there eventually, but yeah, we're 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 That's getting right. there.
0: We're all gonna get there. Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna be looking down later, going, "We got ten thousand. What do you have?" <laughs> Don't worry, kid. Been there, done that. Right. You'll get there. That's what we're gonna do. We get uh I not lost track of where I was at, man. <laughs> this is this is the you are talking about.
1: You were talking about uh Van Dam being the original Predator. Van Damme
0: being the original Predator. Yes, I'm. I'm really glad since serious stuff that it didn't go that direction. Uh, it just would not have no. been the same at all. I mean, I, I like the setup of the group. All right. Jesse Ventura mm-hmm. and Bill Duke, Mac and Blaine. Uh, yeah. They went into this one fight together as Mac is telling the story after Blaine's been um, killed. And he, t- he tells about how the two of them went to this place. Terrible fight. Everybody died. It seemed like except them two walked out. Mm-hmm. Like They were the two that made it and walked out and everything. And, um. And, and and the the shot that Blaine took from the Predator was from the laser cannon on his shoulder yeah that shot straight the way he one it hit his arm I guess or his gun one or the other the mm-hmm. other one hits him straight through the chest coming from the back oh yeah explodes the chest outward and everything is cauterized shut now it's like he's dead obviously but everything is there's no blood leaking anywhere so everything is just cauterized shut from him. they're like what in the world could have made. The damage like this, did you know what was it? Did you see it? The two of them together were really good. Um, Sonny Landon, you got your guy, he's your tracker, he's the one that knows the the terrain, he's he's uh of Indian descent, he's got mm-hmm. all the skills you would look for in somebody who could do the things he's expected to do and help them out. I think Richard Chavez, though, was more of a weapons kind of guy for the group, yeah. I
1: think and, so. and
0: that and the tracker boat because he sent him off track in one way and Sunny, I mean uh, Sunny, Billy another. So that is kind of interesting. The character of Hawkins, I don't think he really fit in so well with that group. I think no. he was, I think he was just a humor aspect because he's the first one to get killed and go. Yeah, and yeah. the humor because he's telling Sunny jokes we're not going to repeat on the show. No, yeah. <laughs> trying try to the get the best jokes. Either, no, either. not the best of jokes, but just trying to get him to laugh and. uh and he's he he finally laughs at one of them, but we'll we'll, we'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I, I don't I'm not surprised that he didn't last long just from the beginning of the movie watching it, even when I first saw it. I think I remember to myself when I first watched it thinking, he's probably gonna be the first one to die
1: because he just <laughs> doesn't seem important. Yeah, he's the red shirt of the group for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, I thought originally what would happen was the two biggest names in that group of people there was Carl Weathers and Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. I thought the two of them would be living to fight against the Predator in the end. And of course we see what happened. Uh, Dylan Carl Weathers goes after Mac who chases mm-hmm. after the Predator who uh, he sees him and chases after him and everything. And this is the first time that Dylan actually sees the Predator. Right. Right. And he, and he comes to the realization. This is, this is completely what he said it was. It's true. Mm-hmm. I, I've got to, I've got to make amends here. I've got to go help him make sure he comes back because he's just lost somebody. We don't want to lose him too. Uh So he just tells them, make sure you hold that chopper. You know, we're going to be there. <laughs> and of course they hear in the distance what happens and they don't come back from it either. Right. Right. Uh, but he's this, this, this thing is taking them out one at a time an mm-hmm. elite, an elite military commando group, crazy thing altogether in my mind, thinking about how you'd have something that could pick them apart. And then they can't figure out what's going on. Not knowing that mm-hmm. it. he's using the trees yeah it's going through the tree it's not touching the ground at all That's why they're not Mm -hmm. seeing anything or why why they're missing is there any any part of this movie leading up from beginning to where they are they have uh they say they decide they're going to take a stand right because Mm -hmm. they don't take a stand they may not make it to the chopper at all right right is is there a a part of yours so far that kind of stands out as a favorite or that you've liked so far in the movie
1: um i mean yeah i mean i think the the uh, probably i mean especially as a kid like watching this for the first time and i think i don't think i saw this one in the theater i think i saw this one on on vhs when it came out but i remember the part that we all like me and my friends want to sit down and watch is the attack on the compound when they finally find the, the guy you know the uh I think they're supposed to be like Central American or whatever. And like Sonny's like, these guys are Central, Central, Central American. I'm, I'm Asian or so. I can't remember. I don't remember the specific line he makes, but, but basically like that whole, that whole action sequence is great because it's funny because the last two episodes that I've done on my podcast, uh, Howard, the duck and Santa (laughs) Claus, the movie we've talked about are kind of like two different genre or like The beginning of the movie is completely different from the second half of the movie, but it doesn't work like Santa Claus. The movie, the first part of that is like every kid's, you know, fantasy of Santa Claus. And it's just it brings all the nostalgia. And the second half gets really weird and doesn't really fit with the first half. Kind of the same thing with Howard the Duck. The first half of the movie is zany and goofy and kind of funny. And then they get to this sci fi part where it's like the tones don't really match. But with this movie, it works because the first hour and you know except for you know the opening shot of the spaceship craft coming you know coming out of the atmosphere which i always forget is at the beginning of this movie i never right. remember that that's the beginning um but the first half of this movie is just like your typical action movie that we were so used to seeing back then of you know there's this commando group and they're going in to get these rescue these hostages and there's going to be a shootout so that shootout scene was what we wanted from a great action movie and what we expected so all the carnage and the of course, you get the one-liners, like I said. Stick around and knock, knock, and he knocks the door. You know, knocks, kicks over the <laughs> door, and, uh, and then you know realizes that it's all the setup. They weren't there to get hostages. That Dylan only brought them there to get the intel that they had, and this and that. Then it becomes this sci-fi, you know, almost like a horror movie, but it works. It's still like it. It doesn't. Those two genres, at least in this movie, seem to work really well. So up to that point, yeah, the the whole shootout at the compound. Is still one of my favorite action sequences of any action movie of the '80s,
0: and I think it works because they're still in that same general vicinity of the jungle. They haven't oh, yeah. left the jungle, yeah. right. You know, um, right? They've they started out getting dropped off in the jungle going to go into the, the compound you, taught, you talked about, mm-hmm. uh, thinking that they're supposed to be holding people hostage here. Right. And while they're looking, you do see somebody getting executed. There. They were they were questioning them; they wouldn't talk. Mm-hmm. They shoot them. That's it. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking. He just shot one of the hostages. We gotta hurry up and move in, you know. <laughs> right. And but you know, they get in there and they start taking care of business. They're blowing things up right and left. Like you said, we get the one-liners we look for, we get the fun stuff I mentioned earlier with Blaine and the other mm-hmm. guy where he's like, You got time to move.
1: Chavez, yeah. Yeah,
0: and, and and you know, when you get into the part of the hut where Dylan's going through the paperwork and he's exposing himself right there, he's giving mm-hmm. it away oh, yes, this is better than anything we could have thought it could have been. Oh, it's great. It's all here. This is awesome. And Right. right. He's, like, he's looking for something. I can't find it. The Schwarzenegger's like, I believe and this is what you're looking for. And he kind of hands it to him, but he grabs him with his left hand, just like, like he picks him up and puts him on the wall almost. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he actually had him in the air, though. I think he just kind of shoved yeah. him into yeah. the wall yeah. and then forcefully held him there. And He said, you set us up. Mm-hmm. What is going on here? Well, this never was about hostages. This is about something else. What's going on? And then he tells him, you know, we stopped a major invasion with all this information they got. They were going to, you know, within two days, make a major invasion. We stopped this from happening. This is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But he made the point earlier in the movie when he's talking to the general that his people are not, you know, mercenaries. They're not the type to go in and just kill right. and, and, and and wipe things out. That's not their style. They go mm-hmm. in to rescue. And bring people home yeah and uh so he's a little bit mad that he's been used and yeah. lied to yeah. and dylan tells him to wake up you're an asset you're being yeah. used and i lied to get you yeah. exactly you're expendable <laughs> yeah. where would that come from where did that go later on? oh yeah you know? yeah
1: that that seemed like a another movie that came out much later i think yeah. that was reused by a, a colleague slash
0: buddy slash <laughs> uh 1980s frenemy of his, right? Right, uh, for another movie later on that both start in. Uh, but he you know, he tells him, you know, that if I told you I need you to come do this, you wouldn't have come. I oh. had to tell you, do I need to get you to tell you to get you to come here because you're the best that could do it? So he's like, so he's like, is that what you told Jim Hopper? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the um the name of Hopper, by the way, <laughs> did you ever watch um, Stranger Things?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely.
0: So, I only watched the first season Mm -hmm. and I didn't get past it. Um, I haven't started the second one, so I can't say it lost me or anything. I just (laughs) haven't got to it anymore. But someone told me that the sheriff's name is Hopper, I think. And that's kind of a throwback to the predator. Is that? Well,
1: well, it, it, it's kind of like a wink, wink, nod, nod, because of course, Hopper in predator is dead. So it's not really Hopper because he wouldn't have survived. Right. Um,
0: but I mean, kind of like a shout out to the show in it's a kinda, way, yeah. like you know, we, we're wrecking because all throughout the first season, you get little tidbits of other shows you recognize, and like at one point, right. you you think you're watching E. T. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of the stuff they do, it's like kind of like a throwback to that general show or movie or something. Oh yeah, like
1: yeah, that. lots of nods. But yeah, so yeah, yeah, you got and then Hawkins, who was one of the other characters, is the name. same name as the town. So there's this big, you know, uh, I don't say like conspiracy, but this uh, fan theory that um that the writers the uh the brothers that did the uh stranger things must have been huge predator fans because they named their main character Hopper and the town after Hawkins from the Predator movie
0: that is awesome though I don't care what people say uh they talk about actors and actresses and they say that man these people got it made look how much money they make you know <laughs> I mean uh and, and you didn't you Quite used to be as much as it is today because of how much money the movies make these days. So naturally, the stars are going to get a bigger chunk of it, right? But I mean, to say that an actor or an actress doesn't really work for their money—I hmm. know they got Not stunt true. doubles. They got stunt doubles, right. yes, okay. But while filming this movie, they 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 ran into a variety of hardships. Yes, they I did. I understand reading, but I mean, you're talking anything from leeches to snakes, stifling humidity and heat rough terrain, and it says all the night scenes were filmed during freezing cold temperatures, which was Mm -hmm. especially hard on Schwarzenegger during the latter half of the film when the mud he had to wear became cold and wet. And then the mud on top of it was actually pottery clay. Right. So, I mean, he would, you know, so he was warned that he would take his body temperature down a few degrees, but they said he shivered nonstop even when they tried to heat him up with lamps yeah you now it, all it did was make the clay dry out. Mm-hmm. so I mean, to say that these guys don't you know, do things right. I mean, it's it really it's really crazy,
1: oh, yeah, I mean, I've read several stories you know, they talked about uh, in um Harrison Ford filming Raiders of Lost Ark had like food poisoning or dysentery. I mean, he had some kind of weird, you know, Throwing up, and you know, he should have been in the hospital, but he was still out there in the desert shooting scenes because hey, they gotta stay on schedule, gotta stay on budget. Right. And other movies where people have been like really sick, but they are, you know, was it? I know, we, you know, Jeremy Winner, uh, Jeremy Winner, Jeremy Renner, you know, uh, of course, thoughts and prayers to Jeremy Renner as he's recovering from his accident at home, but uh, when he was no. making the was yeah. that at home it happened that. It was near his house. or are near where he lives. So okay, I heard what I heard what
0: happened with him and everything. Yeah, i see some clips from him from the hospital. Yeah, he was in he's in doing bed. he's
1: doing okay. Yeah, but yeah, but he he was doing one of the stunts for the movie Tag. I know we're getting away from '80s movies, but uh, the I think the story was he was on the he was on some chairs and they were supposed to go forward, but instead they went back because of the weight shifted some weird way and he fell and basically broke his arm, dislocated his shoulder. Oof. So he filmed the rest of the movie with his arm in a cast that they had to then re, up, re- reshoot or re change some of the scenes and had to green screen. He had to wear a green cast so they could go back and digitally edit, make it look like he had a regular arm when I mean, it wasn't broken in the cast.
0: I mean, I mean wouldn't it have made, made it easier to just go back and refilm a scene to where something happens where he broke his arm, and the rest of the movie he had a broken arm.
1: I, yeah, but I think it because of the character he played, it it just it would have taken it kind of it kind of lost the whole part of the movie of them being doing what they do and not getting hurt. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, we've seen that where people have injured themselves and they had to write it into the script at the last minute. So
0: I, I got a little bit tickled. I was when I was reading about things they were trying to do to keep Schwarzenegger warm. Mm-hmm. They talked about the heat lamps that just tried the clay out. It said he tried drinking a a yogurt tea, Mm -hmm. a schnapps mixture to warm him up, but it just got him drunk. Of course it did. Can you can you see a drunk Arnold? Come come here, predator. (laughs) Uh, Have a drink. I'm here. I'm here. Kill me. Come in now. I'm here. Uh, Drink with me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I do not lay any claim to having a good Arnold impression. Do no not, do not look into that in any way. Uh, but yeah, it's some of the things that the that this movie went through all, all movies got their things, right? Right, right. They get their hardships. They get hard their hard times. Uh, I was just listening to one of our other favorites the other day. They did a, a repeat of Christmas from last year mm-hmm. uh, because uh, one of them ended up getting sick uh, yep. with, with, with COVID finally. I mean, glad he's doing okay. Oh, and yeah. I, say, I, I say finally, not like I'm trying to be snarky. Like, <laughs> it's about time. Everybody else got it. Right, but right. But, no, I'm, I mean, it just so happened this this guy happened to, happened to catch it. And, but, anyway, they had a show on Prancer, which I really like. And uh, the girl that played in Prancer uh, had actually gotten sick while filming.
1: Mm-hmm. They're
0: really, really cold weather. Uh, and instead of just taking time off in the movie, they're filming scenes while she's in bed uh, when she was supposedly sick in the movie anyway. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they just rearranged their whole thing. They did the and did scenes. Yeah, did scenes they didn't need her in. And the ones that did need her in were since she was sick and they did those. And know that good stuff. So I mean, I mean, from the kids clear up to the adults, these people are putting the time in. Oh yeah, and they are definitely earning that money. Uh, I I would say, you know, at one point in time, any of us have probably been like, I could do that. Why can't I do that and make all this money? And then we get there and be like, <laughs> What do you mean I got to drop fifty pounds and put on ten pounds of extra muscle after I do that? What do you what? I can't have pizza, <laughs> no. right? you know even something like that i mean as little as going on a diet or adding more weight or toning out or something having to go through these hard workout sessions to get prepared for it some of these guys and gals go in and even learn uh a small form of martial arts to get enough to get by in the movie for what they're doing and not really become like An expert at it, but just enough to get by in the movie. And then maybe they discuss or discover a light for it and go further. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, the whole thing is these guys really do work and work hard. Um, Did you hear the story of Jesse Ventura? I'm sure you did. You did the show once already.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Jesse Jesse and Arnold.
1: And their their nice little rivalry during filming.
0: Yes. Now you remember it was about who had the biggest arm, right? Who had the (laughs) muscle? Who worked out more? Yeah. Yeah, they were having a little competition and stuff, and I think it was, was it Arnold or was it Ventura that wanted to get the arms measured to see who had the biggest arms?
1: I, it sounds like something Ventura would want to do. I don't remember. I think, let's
0: see, it. hold on. Let me scroll back around here. Here we go. Ventura was delighted to find out from wardrobe department that his arms were one inch bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger's. <laughs> he suggested to Schwarzenegger that they measure arms, with the yeah. winner getting a bottle of champagne. Ventura lost because Schwarzenegger had told the wardrobe department to tell Ventura that his arms <laughs> were bigger. Yep
1: yep, just, yep, yep.
0: I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I would look at that as on-set practical joking.
1: Oh yeah, um, mean, they're having fun, but they're it's it's kind of a friendly rivalry.
0: Yes, and I, I mean it's it's a much more friendly rivalry joke than what he did to uh, Stallone when it comes to stopper, my mom will shoot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
0: I don't know if you've heard this story or not. Have you heard that story? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I, we told you on a previous show before uh myself and Travis did. Right. And just, just to make it really quick, uh, Schwarzenegger's son were very competitive in the eighties. They were always one up at each other. How many kills, how much muscle mm-hmm. they had, what who mm-hmm. shot the bigger gun. So uh, the word got out that, uh, Schwarzenegger was about to do this movie because Stopper, my mom will shoot, and uh, Stallone really wanted to get ahead of him, so he he begged the people to let him have the role. Right, right. As it turned out, Schwarzenegger put that that stuff out there. He never had any intention of taking the role. No, he just wanted to make sure that he took it instead <laughs> and stuck him with it. And I was like, oh my god, it is so hilarious.
1: Yeah, because and it's crazy that he would he would fall for it.
0: That's what's crazy. I know, and I like both of them. I like the movies mm-hmm. they put out. But just see one day it's like the hardest prank of all to put on <laughs> someone to say, Look, you trick him into taking this awful movie. And I never liked it. I remember watching it. And I was like, This is not what I want to see Sylvester Stallone doing. <laughs> this
1: is not I don't, I mean, yeah. I don't think I ever watched it. I mean, I, I remember people talking about how bad yeah. it was. And I don't think I ever actually I might have seen bits and pieces of it, but I never actually watched it. So funny,
0: funny one-liners are one thing. It's like I don't want to see Schwarzenegger in a comedy. I mean Twins was the exception because yeah, you know, you had Danny DeVito to to pull the the movie along yeah. for the comedy and everything. And I I, I I to this day I've never seen Junior and I won't watch it.
1: Uh, I think I did see it, but I, I wasn't a fan of it. At all, you could say True Lies is kind of has some comedy in it, but it's not a straight up comedy, right? And I would
0: say the comedy involved with it's more revolved around people like Tom Arnold, right? Right, he
1: carries Um, the heavy lifting in the comedy department.
0: I mean, you get that funny story in True Lies where he is, or the funny part where he's taking Bill Paxton down the road of the driving, yeah,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, he's chasing
0: out the car. He thinks Bill Paxton is messing around with his wife, and well, he's trying to actually, he's trying to. Trying to uh, make her think she's important just so we can get her in bed and everything, uh, but the things he does during this little dream sequence type daydream sequence thing, mm-hmm. and then eventually makes him pee his pants or something.
1: <laughs> right, right. Um,
0: some of those things are kind of humorous and funny, but they're not comedy. Ha ha, funny is to me. Not at least to me, it's not anyway. Uh, I, I thought it was funny when he's telling the guy who put the truth serum in him that uh, he's laughing. And he so "What are you laughing at?" Me, he says oh, well, in about 15 seconds, I'm about to break free of this arm. Yeah, here. I'm going to just snap this guy's <laughs> neck, and I'm going to do this and that. Right, right. And he's like, well, that's interesting. How are you going to do that? Well, you're still, you know, you know, handcuffed to the charity. He's like, I got free. <laughs> <laughs> and then it starts. I mean, I, I'm just dying laughing. Just with right, Asia. right. I forget what age was when I watched it. But stuff like that's great. And so speaking of the one-liners and the funny things, what do you think uh, – Arnold's personal favorite catchphrase of all of his films that he appears in.
1: Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. Yes.
0: <laughs> it is, it's, people have used and abused that right. over the years. So much.
1: But if you haven't right. seen the, I think it's a bit he did on Jimmy Fallon mm-hmm. where him and Jimmy Fallon did like an infomercial for a chopping yes. like a chopper thing. Like, <laughs> and he had to use that line of covers. It was great. Yes, it was
0: awesome. <laughs> and then, of course, he's got the different little things. He's like, where he, he sticks the guy badly with a machete, and the guy is stuck to a wooden pole, and he just turns around and it says, stick around. And it says this was apparently improvised by Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a part of the script. They didn't suggest to say stick around. Right. He just does it, and he just pops in his head to say, stick around. Mm-hmm. You know, and... I, I don't know of all his movies what has the most one liners. I, I want to say I think Commando probably has the most one liners.
1: Uh yeah, I think so. I don't remember them as well. I don't yeah, I don't remember the ones in uh in Commando as well as I remember the ones in uh Predator.
0: Now we mentioned earlier pranking each other on set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So uh, Ventura pulled a prank on Schwarzenegger by pouring water all over himself <laughs> while at the gym before Arnold arrived. Right. Thinking that Ventura was drenched in sweat, Arnold believed that Ventura was working out longer than he usually did. Well, he couldn't have this. He resolved to begin his workout sooner. He and Ventura both started arriving earlier to warm up each other till they both started arriving at 4 a.m. in the morning. Not quite as funny as the no. measuring of the arms. No. But just now, I mean, to me, that could have stopped right there at the gym when he sees him drenched in sweat. Just put it in his mind, you know, that I'm working harder <laughs> than you and leave it at that. I could see that. Right. But, anyway, the I'm seeing parts about Van Dam now, talking about the what they refer to as a ninja-like hunter. You know what, though? If they had gone with Van Dam originally and made him a ninja-like hunter... They couldn't have put him in a suit like that. I no, mean, no. I mean, we talked about being a different suit. I mean, I'm, I'm talking like he couldn't be a monster-type alien, I don't think. No. And I'm not sure how you would really dress him out in that sense, but still. Yeah, I
1: mean, like, you know, you got to think about back then, too, with the kind of suits that they did. Where, you can even tell it in this one. It's a very, you know, thick rubber kind of a suit, so there's not a lot of mobility to be able yeah. to do much. I mean. Um, they had to
0: change a lot around. Yeah. The have you seen the predator's blood?
1: Yes, the gr- glowing neon green,
0: color of mountain dew.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> using a mixture of liquid from inside glow sticks mm-hmm. with KY jelly.
1: Yeah, and even watching it now, it's like I'm sure they they use that, but they had to have added a glowing effect even more so because it looks not. It looks like they've, they, they doctored it up some, maybe it's for the, since they've kind of redigitized it for like DVD and Blu-rays and stuff, they may have enhanced it from what it was when when we were younger, but um, it definitely doesn't look, it looks like it has more of a glowing, they've added a glowing effect on it.
0: The, um, now I didn't know this, uh, but Schwarzenegger had lost. This is what I was mentioning earlier, because he was something as simple as as Mm -hmm. dieting or putting on weight or putting on muscle. Uh, he lost over 25 pounds before filming in order to better fit the role of a mm-hmm. special warfare operative who would be lean as well as muscular. Right. I, but I don't remember him being, you know, big, though, before that. I mean, he'd have to lose 25 pounds.
1: He... <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think he's been bigger, like, more you know, like more muscular. I think, I mean, he's still in good shape in this one, but he is a little bit leaner. Of course, there are some scenes where you can definitely tell it's the stunt double. Who's definitely not as muscular as, as uh Schwarzenegger is. So that's always fun to watch the, uh, to see, to, you know, pick out the stunt double. I feel like I'm, I'm that meme of, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. in uh, once upon a time in Hollywood where he's pointing at the TV, like there he is, there's a stunt double. I can see him right there. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, there's a few, like especially towards the end when he's running. There's one scene where uh he's the uh the predator is approaching him when he's in the water. And you can definitely tell that the guy he's approaching is not Schwarzenegger, he's the stunt double. Uh, but it's uh but yeah, but I think he was a little bit leaner. I mean 25 pounds, it sounds like a lot to us, you know, guys like you and me that would, you know. Love to lose twenty five pounds. Yes, very <laughs> much so. Uh, but but on him, it's probably it's more muscle mass than you know uh, anything else, and so he probably just wanted to tone down a little bit more, not be as buff. You know, if you've seen him in like Pumping Iron and Conan, I mean, he's really you know full on oh, bodybuilder man. shape, oh, and so that's, I mean. that's that's different than yeah fighting shape. So
0: man, now I did not notice about land landom <laughs> it says the studio's insurance company would not agree to ensure their production unless bodyguard, unless a bodyguard was hired for Sonny Landon, who played Billy. Right. For the sole purpose of protecting people from him. From Sonny. Yes. Yeah. The, body, the bodyguard follows Sonny everywhere to ensure he didn't get into a fight since he was well known to be violent and short tempered. <laughs> I honestly never knew that before. That, yeah. That's new to me. I mean, yeah. uh, thinking of the other movies I've seen him in. And seeing what type of characters that he plays, Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. that sounds
0: exactly like they make him out to be in real life. (laughs) Uh, The guy, the character he played in 48 hours.
1: Yeah, definitely. um,
0: Playing Tommy's brother in Best of the Best 3, where he's teaching them how to fight with the sticks and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's just exactly just a violent drunk who was giving them a hard time and abusing them a little more than he should have. That's 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 exactly how they're making it to be in real life, and I never knew that. Uh, of course, uh, a lot of people by now know the, and I'm not gonna say he's the voice of because there's no voice for the Predator. really. No,
1: just the this the noises that he makes, yeah, the little
0: little noises and clicks he makes. Peter Cullen does, and Peter Cullen, <laughs> uh, which you know is more famous for doing Optimus Prime. Yeah. Yeah. And well some other things, but when I think of Peter Cullen, the first thing the first thing I think of was Optimus Prime for the Transformers. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, they get to the part toward uh, now. He, Schwarzenegger has figured out it toward the. I keep let's just call him what he is, Dutch.
1: Dutch yeah. figures out
0: towards the end of the movie. Hey, it's so much easier to say than Schwarzenegger. I mean, Dutch, right? <laughs> Dutch figures out while he's on the run. Uh, now everybody but him, and uh, the one guy that took the log. I think was Ch- was Chavez.
1: Yeah, I um, think so and the girl mm-hmm.
0: uh they're on their way billy has stayed back to to challenge the the predator on the log to try and keep him from getting across because he's already foreseen i guess in his eyes everybody's gonna die
1: right, that's, right.
0: that's all there, that's all there is to it so he's he said my time has come now i guess he says is where i'm gonna put my stand at so you know he's almost there um and he gets one last shot in on the guy he hurt, kills him. He's dead now and gone. Mm-hmm. The girl, the girl goes to pick up the rifle just to fire because she thinks she can do it. And his uh, Dutch knocks her away, turns the fire at him. He takes a little laser blast of his own. Now here's the thing for me on this: <laughs> everybody has taken a laser blast so far, It's right. not way too pretty. Uh, Dylan lost his half of his right arm. Right. Blaine took a big hole in the gaping hole in the chest. Right. Uh, he just hit. Uh, Chavez in the head, mm-hmm. and you didn't, they didn't show you what it he did. He's face down on the ground. You probably right, didn't, right. don't want to see this, but all we get for Dutch is a bruise on his shoulder.
1: Yeah, I think I want to say we talked about this on my episode, and I think it seems to be implied that the shot hits Dutch's gun and that he's bruised from the gun coming back and hitting him not actually getting hit. But I would think if the laser is strong enough to blow up in a guy's chest, it would probably completely disintegrate the gun that he had in his hand. But you know, it's, it's an eighties movie and the hero has to, you know, has to survive. Right, but um, there's always those
0: in all the eighties movies we watched in nineties movies. There's always something <laughs> that stands out that they should have known people are going to pick up right. on that. They should right. have a little bit differently or something. Yeah. Um, don't give him the laser blast. Have something thrown, right? You know that some other some of the weaponry he has, like let's say he had a boomerang type weapon that Mm -hmm. hits him, hits his gun, which knocks him into his shoulder, knocks him down. Then it comes back to him. I mean, something along those lines, a little more believable to it and all. And then too, if he was
1: a real predator, like once Dutch was down, you would thought he would have shot again and took him out while he was, you know, kind of wide open um right but that also goes back to the girl and i'm sorry we don't we're not using her name because i don't remember what it is i think it was was anna anna yeah um which they don't know their girl's name through most of the movie anyway but like how she even in this movie because they're totally destroying this going back to the compound totally destroying this compound she walks up behind dutch he basically knocks her out and they just take her as a prisoner was she fighting with them? Was she trying to be rescued? Like, we don't know anything about her, but she's, she obviously has to be in the movie going forward. So they had to, the writers had to find a way for her to be part of the group, which I think is just interesting. Cause even watching it today, when she got comes up behind and gets hit, I'm like, there's, she has no backstory to know, like why she was even approaching Dutch. Was she really trying to hurt him after he's blown away every other guy in that room? That would be a dumb right. thing for her to do. Um, so I'm assuming that she was she was a hostage of theirs that they've they don't realize that and they're just type taking her along. So that's another one of my big question marks that one of those little logic parts that don't really don't really work in this movie.
0: Exactly. And all, all I can figure that she was different for in it was letting them know certain key things like she finally mm-hmm. breaks down and tells them in the in the jungle when your big friend died. Uh, the other guy, he hit him. He he shot him. His mm-hmm. blood was on the leaves. It was right. a green liquid on the leaves or something. So that, that that leads to another one of the famous lines from the movie: "If it bleeds, we can kill it." Exactly. Yeah. So uh, she's there for that. She brings that aspect to it. She gives them a little a little confidence there that they know it's been it's been injured
1: mm-hmm. and it's bleeding.
0: So if it's bleeding something, and they can injure it. Some they can kill this thing if they said they do their stuff right. Right. So. Right, uh, that one I that part I kind of get. Uh, they, it was never thought about, and I guess because of what it was to them, it was this weird thing that they finally realized it's up in the trees. and They're getting some looks at it, and it's it's working like a chameleon to blend in with the forest and such. And they don't know its full capabilities, but how is it seeing exactly where they are and everything and what they're doing, and not realizing that it's got like a night vision kind of thing to them and a heat. Infrared
1: mm-hmm. kind of view mm-hmm.
0: when he's escaping from the predator and it and he falls down into the water and climbs back up out of the water and he's that part he's got the mud all over
1: him.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I found that a little bit funny, but I guess it's because he had his head sideways in the mud at first and he starts pulling himself through, so it's just mud. So he turns his head. Mud side out, he's looking <laughs> to see him. He, he's he's trying to blend in with the thing behind him. Right, right arms right. pulled up, mix blends in with the the logs behind him, the brush and everything. Right. And it can't see him now. Now it's mm-hmm. blind. Now he's blind to him. You can't find him. He shoots over at a, a, a thing where this this little muskrat or mouse or something was going right, through. Right. Right. Uh, so it hits Dutch at that point. He's seeing his body temperature, his body heat. Mm-hmm. That's how he's tracking them. And I don't think he ever actually says it out loud or anything. No, no. But at that point forward, he's working with things that are heat related. Like he's going to build a big bonfire. He's going to mm-hmm. do this with flames and fire and explosion and all this stuff. Uh, so he's figured out that it's, it's it's the infrared and the body temperature that's doing it. And he has this big grandstand against him at the end. It's me versus him now. It's, I'm going to take him out. I'm, I'm Dutch. I'm the man, you know. <laughs> Everybody else is gone. The,
1: mm-hmm. the
0: chopper is probably not there anymore. So
1: right. and he's
0: far away from where the chopper is supposed to be. He can't make it back in time. But the one thing he can do is avenge his team and take this thing out. So you know, going into it, uh, he's got mud all over himself. He set up the booby traps everywhere. Uh, he's made the bow. He's got the little arrow things he's made with the explosive tips on them with the gunpowder and stuff. Um, he sets off the the bonfire and yells real loud to get the, the attention of the of the predator. Mm-hmm. I, I I was kind of hoping for in that fight that the whole cat and mouse thing went a little bit longer. Yeah, to yeah. me it didn't la- it didn't last very long. Did did, mm-hmm. you, did you get a feel for that yourself when you watched? Did you want to see more of him not being seen, doing some more damage to him before he finally mm-hmm. realizes what's going on because he lost all the mud.
1: Yeah, I did. I thought it was going to be a little bit longer than it was.
0: I, I thought it would have been nice if it had been, but I, I guess for time constraints and everything, they didn't quite get that far with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they have this nice little fight there, and he <laughs> tries to hit him with a log or something, and it breaks his arm. He's like, <laughs> not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he takes him, he goes back and he backhands him and sends mm-hmm. him flying across the way, and uh he actually punches it in the mouth a couple of times right right takes a few punches
1: back but now but, I do I do like that at that point that the predator is like we're not gonna use the weapons it's gonna be you know you and me you know kind of like that typical eighties final showdown that's like hand to hand combat let's really you know have a have a good old fist fight which I thought was kind of a, a cool you know little aspect of it.
0: Yeah T- takes his cannon his thing off, tosses his sides, got all the weapons down, takes off his helmet even on top of it, so he's not mm-hmm, mm-hmm. protective of the helmet. And then, of course, you, you're one ugly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, name that we're not going to mention. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, that that whole fight thing right there was, I mean, I guess as believable as it could be. He gets some some shots in on him, but I mean, mostly he's getting manhandled by the little alien thing.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: He do not have much of a chance. So. He lands in the area where he had the booby traps. He crawls up in there, and he's waiting for it. and He's yelling at it, mm-hmm. and uh, it looks up under there at him. And he sees he's stopped, and he's not trying to go any further. And before he comes in, he stops, and it's like he's picked up on the little thing poking down. The little spike, yeah. But he's, yeah. mm-hmm. he's looking at the spike. He's you know kind of touching a little bit and feeling of it. Arnold's mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? I'm here. Come mm-hmm. get me. Come, right. come to me. Come right. on. So he looks at him, and it's almost like you get feeling like the predator is almost smiling at him when he looks mm. at him. It's like, <laughs> nice try, right. kudos, right? But no. So he's coming around the other way to him, and I don't know if this was done purposely this way or if it's just how it worked out when he come into the area where the entrapment was. But he had the trap coming in of the spikes coming down, right? Right. what he got him. I wonder if he had it set up to begin with to catch him with that, and if he still made it past it uh, to have the log, uh, the log thing tripped and come down on him at the end, or did he have it fixed to where maybe he had something on him, no matter what side he came in on?
1: No, I don't think the log was meant to be what killed him. I think that was just like a counterweight for one of the other traps. So I think he kind of lucked up into seeing like. He kind of like the way I saw it today. Like he, kinda, when he sees him, he realizes, oh, if he's right there under that log, I didn't plan it that way. But if I kick this stick, that's going to release the log, and that'll get him. So I don't think he, I don't think he planned it that way at all. I think it just happened to be, you know, a happy coincidence for him. Yeah,
0: yeah. Which in case he, it, it works out for him. Yeah. The, you know, the power of the log falling from that high up, landing mm-hmm. on his head without his protective equipment on right was enough to go ahead and take care of the predator at that point so he sits when he's looking at him and he's mm-hmm. like you know i i forget what the question was at the end of it
1: what it the, wasn't yes yeah, what are you basically what are you is what he asks and then the predator oh, yeah. asks back back the same thing like they're looking at each other like trying to figure out you know they're both aliens to each other at this point so
0: yeah what are you? Or I know it's a little bit more involved than that, but yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, re- I remember now.
1: What the blank are you? Yeah.
0: What the blank are you? And then he tells him, you know, he's, he's sitting, he just starts hitting stuff on his thing. And mm-hmm. like he's looking like, what is he doing? You know, and you can't make out what it is until he's recognizing a pattern. And the pattern looks like it's counting down. Down,
1: right. Yeah. And now
0: he's laughing. He's got Sonny's laugh mm-hmm. going on that he picked up. And so he realizes he has set some kind of destruction thing off or something. He better take off. And good that he did, or else he'd been dead, too. Well, then we finally see the chopper uh, <laughs> does show up and pick him up and everything.
1: And you know that the pilot of the chopper is the guy who played the Predator.
0: That guy that played the Predator, mm-hmm. which would be the what? Uh, Peter Peter. Peter Hall. Peter Hall.
1: Kevin Peter Hall. Kevin Peter Hall. Kevin Peter Hall. I got... I, I got two of the three names, right?
0: Kevin, Peter Hall.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: see if I can find anything other interesting and tidbit in here before we end the show tonight. So we can find a good one. I'm looking on here and seeing uh, quite a few little tidbits of things on here. I mean, oh yeah, you know, why he brought in Jesse Ventura. I mean, he inter- interviewed him, and basically, he thought he looked the part. He was big enough. He had a deep voice and was manly. Mm-hmm. says Billy first senses a predator after the attack on the guerrilla camp. However, this is not the result of a sixth sense. Or a heightened state of awareness, which Billy demonstrates in the later segment. Rather, Billy hears the predator mimic his own laugh that he had shared with Hawkins a few seconds before. If you listen closely, you will hear the predator attempt to mimic the laugh somewhat quietly, which unnerves Billy immediately because he didn't look upward toward the trees. I didn't pick up on that, did you? Mm-mm. Now I want to go back and see if I can hear it. <laughs> right. That is kind of interesting.
1: Oh. You saw, did you saw that originally the script was just going to be. Schwarzenegger against the predator, like just one on one, but Schwarzenegger thought it'd be better to have a team of commandos. So he had this the script re- rewritten to include the team instead of just one on one.
0: I do remember reading about that. Yes,
1: thought that was cool. I think it's a. Be- I think I thought it was a better. Uh, he said he wanted to do more of like a Magnificent Seven type of type of movie. So I think it worked worked better. Right,
0: right. now they got the actual full names. It says here, they were never mentioned in the film, but the full names of the main characters in the original script were Major Alan Dutch Schaefer, Staff Sergeant George Dillon, Sergeant Mac Elliott, Sergeant Blaine Cooper, Sergeant Billy Soule, Corporal Pancho Ramirez, and Corporal Rick Hawkins. So you get all the names of the people there. Cool. The original concept from this film originated as a joke. <laughs> Did you know that? Oh, yeah. And someone said the only person Rocky Balboa had yet to fight was E.T., the extraterrestrial. So, of course, with the rivalry we had going on, yeah, Schwarzenegger had to uh, take on an alien. All in all, it's one of my favorite movies, I'll say. Oh, and, for sure. Uh, yeah. definitely glad we had a chance to talk about it and everything. Uh, hey, you know, we didn't do this at the beginning. We kind of touched on it a little bit, but tell the people about your podcast, man, while we're wrapping things up here a little bit. Let everybody know for sure again about your shows and
1: what you got just released or coming up. Okay. The 80s flick flashback podcast. Uh, Every other week we release episode of choosing me and a guest co-host, which I'll have uh, Chris on my show here coming up in the next couple, in a few weeks, I guess in a few months. Uh, But I always have another 80s loving uh, 80s flick loving co-host come on and we pick a movie and we talk about our first time watch memories, our favorite or iconic scenes, and even learn some trivia about, the movie along the way i'd like to do a lot of research about the um, movies but uh we always have a lot of fun doesn't matter what kind of movie it is uh we've done everything from batman to better off dead to back to the future to howard the duck which is the most recent episode that we've <laughs> done and then of course just coming out of christmas we had some holiday episodes like santa claus the movie scrooged uh and uh what was when we did before that one uh my mind just went blank on me. Uh, it doesn't matter. We did some Christmas Christmas episodes, but uh, got some excited about stuff coming up this year. We got some fun stuff uh, lined up. Uh, so the next couple of weeks uh, we'll be doing, um, I don't have it all, uh, I haven't got it all finalized yet, So, but I've got some good stuff planned out. But I do know for the summer, we're doing a summer of sequels. So all the movies for June, July, and August will be sequels of movies that we've covered in previous uh, seasons of the show. So, I'm looking forward to uh, revisiting some of our favorite '80s franchises like Indiana Jones, Rambo, and Ghostbusters. So,
0: ah, oh, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones is one that I have yet to do myself. Okay, and uh, that'll be something I'll be, i most likely looking at soon. Also, uh, and and like I said earlier, make sure you do follow Tim's podcast. It's a great. Fun to listen to. He's got different people with different perspectives that come on with him. Yep. Which is kind of where I got the idea to get him to come on here along (laughs) with a few other people that I have since I didn't have my regular co-host anymore. Travis is just not able to. Right. But uh, I mean, it's 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 nice to have different, you know, different looks from different people
1: Mm -hmm.
0: of what they think on on, you know because some of the people that I've talked to had on here co-hosts the show. They they have a different outlook on the '80s movies. Some of them were just. Well, you know it was okay, but you know I like the way it went. But I'm more of a '90s, 2000 kind of person, or <laughs> right. And some of them were just right out '80s, '80s yeah. fanboys. I mean, they know it about heart,
1: right? Um, but, yeah, we've I've got yeah most my co like my co-hosts. Some are my age, some are a little older, some are much younger. I've got uh, Charlie, who's definitely a millennial, but he's a big fan of like '80s horror movies. So anytime I have an '80s horror movie, he's happy to to join in. So it's it's fun to get different perspectives from different views. Uh, you know, some people saw them in the theater, some saw them later in life. So it's interesting to see, you know, I remember these movies of seeing them, you know, when they first came out, but for others that saw them later, it's a right. different perspective. So it's it's uh, it's good to get those, uh, get that variety uh, in your discussions.
0: It is. And I look forward to some of the ones you got coming out and everything. Uh, I'm not going to say for sure that I have nailed anything down either. hundred <laughs> percent. Right. I have found that the only thing that I can guarantee you 100% is an idea for a show that I have that will just come down to it that I would talk about it. Uh, gotcha. I'm just I'm not a real fan of solo work. I, I'll do it if I have to. I've said this before, mm-hmm. but I'd rather have someone to bounce things off of. And talk yeah, I'm and the same and, way yeah. and get their input. But uh, like today, for example, um, I had original original today was an interview show. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Mr. Jeffrey Owens, I believe Jeffrey is the Jeff Owens or Jeffrey Blake. It may be Blake. Let's see what. Well, while I'm saying this, I'm looking up. I don't want to. I don't mess the man's name, up. he's a cool guy. Right, right. And he was really nice to respond and, and say he would come on and everything. Um, that is Jeffrey Blake. Now Jeffrey Blake was known for being in Young Guns. He's been in um, uh, Force Gump. I won't say Apollo 13 possibly and a couple of other things. He's got not major roles in them, but small roles in them. That's one right. of the other things. So he's done a lot of stuff and I thought that was cool. And be fun to talk about the many different things he's done, but uh, like with a lot of people, sometimes you've got emergency stuff come up. He had to take off for the weekend and run. He asked me to reschedule with me. We're rescheduled to the first week of February. Now, um, next week, we're supposed to have an interview with a cartoonist, uh, who did some cartoonist and animation and producing stuff with people like Hanna-Barbera, um, uh, Disney, and uh, all, all kinds of places. And then she had me sold at Hanna-Barbera. <laughs> um, and then I'm trying my best to get back in touch with him. He already said yes, if we could just hammer out a date, Mr. Larry Houston. Larry Houston uh, is the animator. Uh, if you remember the X Men, the animated series, it came out in nineteen ninety seven. Right, everybody, everybody was so big on that was him. He was producing the show. He did some drawing, some animating, a lot of the producing. He slipped in some um, all throughout the uh, the episodes. He managed to slip in some cameos. He couldn't use their names. He wasn't allowed to use their names, but he could use the cameos and put them in there. If you spotted them, you knew who they were, right? <laughs> And he would be a cool guy to talk to if I can get him on as well. And last but not least, so far, someone that I have talked to via email, which I had to reschedule to February also, is Miss Diane Franklin. Uh, Oh, yeah. You're familiar with Diane.
1: I am. She was fantastic when I interviewed her last year.
0: Yeah. So she let me know that she really wants to come on, that it's just that things have, with her scheduling, is crazy, which I understand. It took me. Oh, yeah. I think I chased Keith Coogan for about five <laughs> or six months, and I, when right. I say when I say chase him, I mean just getting a date that we can both commit to and, and right. settle down on.
1: Right, right.
0: Uh, so it'll it'll eventually happen. We're going to get these people on. I'm work <laughs> I'm working on getting um, Catherine Mary Stewart to come back on and do a weekend at Bernie's. Oh, oh yeah. that'd be good. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, I'm working on that. I don't know if she can or not and i am going to beg and plead and beg and plead and uh i mean offer to name my next born child if there is one <laughs> uh whatever she wants it to be if she will talk lance Guest into coming on and oh, talking wow. last talking last starfighter very nice now that is nowhere near a guarantee because that means i have to rely <laughs> on someone to who don't know me from adam you know to mm. say hey this guy i've been on the show a couple of times yada, yada yada but if she can it will be awesome i'll tell her to completely make my year and I will make a tribute to her in my room somewhere with candles and everything. <laughs> that might sound too freaky. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Yeah. Let me tell you about my show, by the way. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. You can find me anywhere you can find your podcast as well. Um, iHeartRadio were there, uh Amazon Music, Google Music, you got iTunes and Spotify. iTunes and Spotify are the two major places that I focus on. Um if you happen to know, and I'm also host on anchor.fm. If you go to anchor.fm and follow me there, it gives you the option. If I have a question posted there to participate in the poll or the survey or something,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'll do these also sometimes on Instagram. So participation is always welcome. and I I, I, mean, I love when people get involved and talk about things, everything and put their two cents in. Uh, you can reach me at retro for you at gmail.com. If you have any Suggestions of a show you'd like to see. Any questions or comments, corrections, or maybe I messed something up and you want to say, "Hey man, <laughs> you messed up. This is what it is." Right? I'm cool. Right. I'm cool with that. I'm cool yeah. with that. Uh, but you know, I mean, just these are the things that uh, that we want. And if you will take that time after you listen to the show, if you are on iTunes, uh, give me a five star review and a small one line review. It can be excellent. I loved it. Hated it. Or whatever you know, I'm. It's good. Just just leave something on there. Uh, Spotify, you can give me a one to five star review, preferably five, um, and get me out there. And it does help a lot. Uh, Tim can tell you. Any kind of thing that Google sees, uh, where your show is being communicated with or rated in any way, talked about and stuff, it does help out in algorithms and bring you up in the rankings of the show. So. I don't know how many retro related type shows there are out there. Me and Tim are both in the same genre, basically. <laughs> I don't know where we stand against each other, much less anybody else. Uh, I'm but, not in the
1: competition with anybody. I'm supporting them. Yeah, all.
0: I mean, we're not. We have. Yeah, exactly. We're not in any real competition. If we were, we wouldn't be. We wouldn't be supporting each other's podcasts. I wouldn't mention Buzzing the Tower like I do a million trillion times on this this show. The guys there, uh, Max and Mo, Mo and Max. You know they. <laughs> They know I love their show. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was going to do a Christmas episode on a Christmas story. And I'll be darned if they didn't beat me to do it with a Christmas story <laughs> and a Christmas story Christmas. Not the, right. Man, right. you guys. I'm not doing mine now because it looked like I copied theirs. Anyway, you guys get a chance. Definitely check us out. Follow us. Rate us. Review us. And we would appreciate you so, so much. Tim, you got anything else you want to drop out there for the show's over with?
1: No, man, just uh, thanks for letting me be a part. It's always, uh, always a good time to to sit down and chat with you about a good, fun, 80s-themed uh, movie or actor or whatever you go- want to talk about. So thanks for having Shoot.
0: me. If you weren't busy, oh man, if you weren't so busy, you'd be on here every <laughs> day of week with me. What are you talking about? You're yeah. consistent. You're awesome.
1: I try. I but try. Definitely,
0: definitely thank you for coming back on with us this week, too. And everything. Yes, sir. So I appreciate it. Everybody. It was great being back. First show of 2023. I can't wait to get the rest of them going. Hopefully the people I mentioned I'm going to get on here for you and get them on quickly uh, so we can enjoy that as well. We got so many more movies coming up this year we're going to jump on. Uh that are big 80s movies that we haven't talked about yet. But we we're going to try not to be exactly like the same old, same old show you're used to. But we're going to give you some exciting new takes on them. So thanks for listening today. Tell again. Thanks for being with us. And we'll see you guys
1: next week.